Um, thank you. Thank you for coming back to the chair. If anybody, if anybody, wants, if anybody wants to, we can move up. We have a little bit of a, of a smaller crowd today than usual. Um, as usual, the, our learning should be as close for the Chayyim and the Chatufim. Um, and in addition, um, this is actually this, today is the first yard side of a friend of mine who passed away last year, Yosef Newman. I'm not sure if anybody here knows him or knew him. Um, he, we, we lived together in Washington Heights. We made Aliyah the same year. We lived a block away from each other in Beit Shemesh. Our kids, go, our kids went to the same schools. Um, unfortunately, he. Unfortunately, he had, he um, he was he fell ill to cancer around two years ago, and he passed away last year. And today, today is his first year at Sinai. Last night, we had there was a gathering in Beit Shemesh, and today and today the family is going to to the Kever. So whatever whatever I told I told I told Chani, I told his wife that whatever learning we do I do over the course of the day will be as will be as a Kosvio safe in addition to the rest of them, to the to the rest of the Israel. Even though I don't think he needs he know he needs our Kosvios. He was a it's not like it's a real topic of a person, real real topic of a person. Um, so, so today we're, we're going to start talking about Kavanah and Tefillah, which is one of the, one of the central topics in, in Hilchos Tefillah. We'll do, we'll do the ma- some of the major stuff today, and next week, God willing, we'll do a little bit, a little, some, something a little bit more different, innovative, creative within the world of the Kavanah. But today, we just have to get the basics down. If you go to Masechus Brachos, you'll see there are tons of different statements scattered all over the Gemara about Kavanah for Tefillah. And it was basically the job of the Rishonim to try to figure out which of these statements should be taken seriously? Which ones are halachic? Which ones are agadic? Which ones should be taken literally? Which ones should just be because of Alma? And also, what each of these statements actually means in terms of concrete kavana. I'm standing there, freshman Esrei, what actually has to be going through my mind. So, as a starting point, I just wanted to go through some of the basic gemaras. So we'll see, get a, get a sense of how complicated it is. Look at Rabbi Yona, who I think is the first one to, to quote all the gemaras together. Um, and then create some type of Seder, and then we'll go from there to the Rambam to, to see what actually is Ma'ake, what is a central part of Kavana according to the Rambam. So the first Gemara is a Gemara Brachos Aflam Adal Aflam The Gemara says as follows, Tanur Rabbanan, HaMaspal Tzarek Sheyichavin Es Libu L'Shamayim. When you daven, you have to be mechavin your lave to Shemayim. Abashal Omer, Simon Adavar, Abashal says, a simon for this is, Tachin Libam Takshiv Oznachah, this is a Pasuk, Hashem, you should guide, you should, you, you should steer their hearts such that you will listen to what they say. Good. So what, for what type of kavanah do you think this is? Mechavin libo v'shamayim? Pretty vague. It's unclear. What I think is pretty cool about this is that the, this is one of the central sources, as we'll see. The pasuk that gets quoted by Avashal is actually a tefillah to Hashem. Tachin libam takshiv it's not talking about you as an espal have to have kavana. It's referring to Hashem. Hashem, you should be mechin their hearts. You should prepare the hearts of Am Yisrael such that you should be able to listen to things they say. And one of the central parts about kavana is that we're almost like an earlier source. We're davening to Hashem that we should be able to have kavana in our tefillahs. Second Gemara. Gemara and Sanhedrin Dafkafezim Adalif. The Idah, the Gemara is back and forth about this Pasuk Shivisi Hashem Lenevi Tamid. Hai Shivisi Mai Darish Bey. What do we do with the Pasuk Shivisi Hashem Lenevi Tamid? Homi Bayle Kirab Chana Barbizna. Dabar Rab Chana Barbizna, Marib Shimon Chasida. Hamespal Tzarek Shiyira Atzmo Kiidu Shchina Kenaito. When you dive in, you have to see yourself as if the Shchina is opposite you. Shenemar, Shivisi Hashem Lenevi Tamid. I should place God in front of me, opposite me, constantly. So what type of kavanah is spoken about in this Gemara? Shavisi Hashem Tamid, something about imagining God in front of you. Notice how many histaiyuyot are there in the Gemara about, 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 your, about your conversation with the Shekhinah? 
you have to view yourself as if the Shekhinah is Kinegdaka. Right? And what, what would be a much clearer way of saying that? You have to understand the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah is Kinegdaka. But here we almost have like two histagiyots, <laughs> two hesitations, two, um, within the phrase of the Gemara, you have to view yourself as if the Shekhinah is opposite you. Good. Um, what the Torah should be, Seshem and Tamid, which is, seems to be a Pasuka in general, Tamid in general, but the Gemara quotes it and particularly about Tfilah. The Ra'ah and Ritzvah, they say it's a Kavachomer. If you always have to imagine God is in front of you, so Kavachomer and Yudavani, you have to imagine God is in front of you. Think that the, one of the first weeks we saw, the, we saw the approach of the Rambam, what the Rambam means by the, the Tfilah is an Avodah. We saw that Tfilah is supposed to be a training ground for the rest of, for the, rest of the day. You're supposed to focus on God when you're davening, and that's supposed to, and, and not think about the rest of your life. And then over the course of the day, as you go through the rest of your life, you have that concentrated like anchor. The first 40 minutes of the day, first half an hour of the day, first 20 minutes of the day, whatever it is, we thought totally, totally about God, and that's supposed to expand to the rest of your life. That's what the Ramam says in Mornavuchim, and it's integrated into his Psakim in Mishnah Torah, defining Tefillah as an Avodah. So this source is actually perfect. You always want to be, be focused on your relationship with God, so the way to do that is to be focused when you're davening. So we have one Gemara, Tzayk Sheikhab in the Slibola Shemayim. Second Gemara, Shvisi Hashem, Lunad Gitamim. Then there's a third Gemara, in Yivamos. Again, these Gemaras are not next to each other. It was the job of the Rishonim to put them all together. Um, you have to face down. Your eyes should be, your, when you're davening, your eyes should be facing the ground. When you're davening, your inayim should be lamata, but your lave should be lamala. In the previous Kamara, in the first Kamara, where should your lave be directed towards? Shemayim. Now we have libo lamala. You can get a sense that we showed him had a pretty hard time trying to figure out what is actually supposed to be going through your mind or your heart when you're davening. Well, a bunch of different Gemaras, they're not in conversation with each other, and each one is pretty vague on its own, and you have to figure out what, 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 what are they all supposed to do together. Right, exactly, exactly. Yes, exactly. And then also, maybe you're supposed to be visualizing yourself as if you're in the base of Mikdash, um, which is another layer of Kana, which we're not going to deal with today, but yeah, we, we, we definitely saw the visualization as part of it. Um, there may not be uh, dis- different opinions as to what Kavana is. It could just be different ways in which the best way to actuate Kavana is. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, if your heart is up, then you focus better. No, you, you focus better if your heart is down. So what are we going to say? Maybe, maybe all the Rishon, all the Gemara is trying to get to a single content of Kavana, which is yet undefined, but mm-hmm. they're describing different ways of getting to that content. Different techniques. It could be, and maybe maybe we'll see that the Rambam is going to collapse some of the categories into into one. Um, so Rabino Yona, I think, is the first one, or maybe the clearest one, who tries to make seder of these gemaras. At the end of the day, Rabino Yona basically says these three gemaras are referring to three different types of kavanah. So look at Rabino Yona, source number four. The Rift did the job of putting the gemaras next to each other, so Rabino Yona had an easy time of commenting on all of them one after the other. So Rabino Yona writes as follows. That first Kamara, it sounds very metaphysical, it sounds very spiritual, it sounds like your heart should be floating in the heavens. What does it actually mean according to Rabbi Yonah? Just have to know what you're saying. 
And he, then he tries to explain how you read that you read that back into the Gemara. But according to Rabbi Yona, that first Gemara, the first source, is about Pirish Hamilos, Pirish Hamilim. You're supposed to just understand what you're saying. The second Gemara, Gemara Tanhedrin, if he doesn't comment on, because that's pretty clear. You're supposed to visualize, think about that you're in a conversation with God. What about the third Gemara, that your heart should be Lamala and your inayim should be Lamata? So get this. Look at the second paragraph over here. Right, Josh pointed out that a couple weeks ago we saw you're supposed to visualize yourself as if you're in the base of Mikdash. That's also in a different line of Rabbi But over here, what does he say? What does it mean, libo lamala? Visualize yourself as if you're floating in the heaven. Forget about pleasures of this world. You should think of yourself as a disembodied soul. Get rid, of, get, get rid of your body. And then once you're totally, a totally disembodied soul floating around heaven somewhere, then you can start thinking about the Vesemekdash, and then your, then your tzvila is going, to be, is going to be responded to. So Ravina Yona seems to say this third Gemara, and this Gemara in, in Yavamos, that you should have a libo lamala, is, is a third level. It's not perish amilim. It's not thinking of yourself as in a conversation with God. It is thinking of yourself as a disembodied soul that is floating around the heavens. That is the best way to die. Good. What do you think about that? What's gonna, which brachos are going to be hard to say if you're really thinking that? Yeah, basically everything you're asking for. Because you're supposed to be removing all ta'anuge ulamazen, all anaosaguf. You're supposed to and think of yourself as a disembodied soul, but then you don't really have any physical tracha. So like, it's very hard to say the bakashos. So, very, yeah, Varekalino. The Sephardim like a very long, very long list of Varekalino. They're very into wealth. Like any tefillah has to do with wealth. I think the Sephardim have a longer version of it than Ashkenazim do. It's, it's great. Um, Ashkenazim like to suffer more. Sorry? Ashkenazim like to suffer more. Ashkenazim like to suffer more. Rabbi Yonah was a Sephardi, but he was into disembodied souls. Um, but it's something, something, something shifted in, a, in Ashkenaz, Ashkenazi and Sephardi thought. But but yeah, but this but this is a third level of kavana according according to Rabbi Yonah, and maybe at some point we'll have to figure out if you're actually reaching this level of kavana, what are you actually saying when you're davening that you're a good you're neshama without a guf. So within Rabbi Yonah, there are three levels of kavana. There is perish understanding what you're saying. That's the first gemara. Second gemara is thinking of yourself as in a dialogue, as in a conversation with Hashem, who is omid kinegdecha. And the third level of Kavana is thinking of yourself as a disembodied neshama floating around the heaven. That's what it means, libo lamala. If you look at Shachan Aruch, Shachan Aruch actually quotes, oh, I didn't put this in the sheet, maybe I should have, all three levels of this Kavana. It quotes Rabbi Yonah. And if you read the Shachan Aruch straight, it really sounds like the goal of your Kavana in Tefillah is to think of yourself as a hispashtos haguf. You should, as a, the hispashtos, doesn't even mean extensiveness. What does it mean? It means... You're, you're, you're leveling out, sorry, leveling out of your body such that you only focus on the neshama and spiritual things, and that is the ideal kavana you're supposed to have. Again, we'll have to get back at some later point to how that actually fits with the text of tefillah as we as we have it. Can I say right now? So Rabbi says that first think about whether your and afterwards yachshok gam came to the whole Beit Hamikdash. Right. Let's think about it in the Beit Hamikdash. What's he not thinking about? 
but he's still floating this in by itself. Right. The same thing as thought, one thought is following the other, it's all perhaps like the, I guess, maybe, I don't know, say Yoshua, and it's right, we're not gonna get this today, the beginning right. of the Tefillah, but perhaps it's a continuation, right. but it's a different form. Right, we're gonna say that there, some, some people understood her, understood her being Yonah as being sequential. If you want to get yourself in the zone, you have to like meditate before you daven. But once you're davening, you have to focus on the words you're saying, which are all about Gashmi things. Then Yeshua himself says, Shulchan Aruch doesn't sound like that. Sounds like Shulchan Aruch understands your Yona, that this should be your kavana all throughout davening. And that's, it creates, I think it creates a lot of problems in terms of what the actual content of your kavana is. So the Shulchan Aruch is going to quote all three things from, all three things from, from Vino Yona. What about the Rambam? Like, let's say, let's say we're good Rambam Jews. We want to know, did the Rambam, the Rambam definitely believe in souls. Definitely believe in disembodied souls. Right? The Rambam thinks that Asad Lavo, um, we're all going to be disembodied souls without 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 bodies, because that's the ultimate reality. The Rambam thinks Tzchiasamesim is a stage. That after Mashiach comes, at some point afterwards, there's Tzchiasamesim, then we get our bodies back. But then those, then at some point, the bodies fade away. People die, and the ultimate reality is the disembodied souls. That's why people thought um, that the Rambam, one of the reasons people burnt the Rambam's books was they thought he didn't believe in Tzchiasamesim. Because he describes this ultimate reality of disembodied souls floating around the spiritual sphere. And they're like, what about Tzkiyas Mason? You probably didn't believe in it, and that's why we're going to burn your books. The Rambam had to write a Hoi Garis Tzkiyas Mason to explain, no, I really do believe in Tzkiyas Mason. I just don't think it's like such an important thing. It's going to, it's going to happen for a couple of years, and then people are going to die again, and then they're going to have disembodied souls. What, what's the purpose of people becoming alive again if they're going to die again? I, I don't know. I'm forgetting exactly what he says, but that's, but that's the Rambam Shita. The Rambam is definitely into disembodied souls. No, no question about it. Rama describes Misa, death of Tzadikah, as Misa's Nashika, because finally the Neshama is free from the chains, from the fetters of the, of, of the body. But if you look at Nikos Tefillah, the Rama could have said everything Rabbeinu Yonah says. If you look at verse number five, though, what does the Rama actually say? What is the definition of Kavana, according to the Rama? Kavana Salev Ketzad. What is the mean you're supposed to have Kavana Salev? Kol Tefillah She'ina the Kavana Eina Tefillah. That's the first thing you have to know. This is really important. You have, if you daven without kavana, it's not a tefillah. And if you daven without kavana, you have, to, you have to daven again. And if, you, if you're in a state of mind where you think you can't have kavana, according to the Rambam, simply to the Gemara, you just shouldn't daven. Because tefillah without kavana is a worthless enterprise. Good. Now that you know what, now that you know how important kavana is, what is kavana? Next paragraph, next halacha, halacha tezayim. Kitzat hiya kavana. Sheyifna is libo mikolam you're, you should turn away your heart. It really means your mind. The Rambam, the, Rambam, the Rambam has cognitions in the heart. You should turn away your heart, turn away your thoughts from all other thoughts. And you should view yourself as if you are standing before the Shekhinah. Therefore, you have to sit down and do, do some meditation. We want to get to the how this impacts the content, the way you daven, the tone of how you, of how you daven. Um, it's, it's at some point later. But when the Raman defines kavana, what is the definition of kavana for tefillah? That is ma'akiv tefillah. Again, for within Rabbi Noyana, we had perish amilim. We had viewing yourself in dialogue with the shchina, and we had thinking of yourself as a disembodied soul with it not caring about physicality or tanuge olamazeh. So which one of those three does Rambam focus on? Just number two. Just number two. The Rambam seems to uh, seems seems to prioritize the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Shvisi Hashem Shvisi Tamid, that Yira Atzmo Kiluhu Medavra that he quotes that Lashon, and that is the definition of Kavana. So 
Good. So that, that's, it's fascinating. So that means that it makes us be, it, it calms us down a little bit. Because at least according to the Rambam, then, we don't have to think of ourselves as disembodied souls. Maybe according to it's a good idea. Maybe according to Shofanarach, it's a good idea. But it's certainly not Ma'akev Tzfila, according to the Rambam. The Rambam doesn't even seem to have that idea on his on, on, on his register. The problem is, though... Exactly. If you don't, you don't. If you don't, if you don't kavana, it's not tefillah. But what is the definition of, of of kavana? What has to be going through your mind? That you're only the neashkina. You're an atzma. That is ma'akev. But thinking of yourself as a disembodied soul oh, right. is not ma'akev. Um, what about perish hamidim? What do you think? It's perish hamidim ma'akev. Let's say I say the text of Shmonas, right? I know that in theory I am saying shalav hakasha hoda, uh, in theory, but I don't understand a word of Hebrew. I'm a super spiritual person, so it's easy for me to visualize God in front of me. Um, but I have no idea what I'm actually saying. I just know I'm praying, and prayer includes you no know, praise and requests. What, what's, what do you think? Well, it's a simple read of the Ramam. Oh, simple, but sounds like it works, right? Sounds like it works. The Ramam never mentions the fact you actually have to understand the text that you're saying. Which fits a little bit because according to the Rambam, what is the actual text of Tfila on a Doraisa level? There is no text, right? We saw we saw earlier on that the Rambam thinks that you just have to, in your own language, say Shadak Bakasha Hoda and you're fine. The text itself is not necessarily super important. Um, it's a it's a vehicle that Kazal gave us through which to be able to eloquently express Shadak Bakasha Hoda. If I know in my mind I am hitting on these themes. Um, and I, I visualize the Shekhinah in front of me. I know I'm in dialogue with the Shekhinah, or in a monologue with the Shekhinah. I don't know if the Shekhinah is responding, but at least I'm in a mono, monologue with the Shekhinah. And I know that I'm saying saying these things. I, it could be I don't really have to understand each and every word that, uh, that I'm saying. I may, 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 may not even have to understand any of the words that I'm saying. Also, it's about a certain presence and experience. Up. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's about it's about showing up. It's about a certain presence and experience. It's about a certain consciousness, not necessarily about the exact words that you're saying. Fantastic. That's what you would say if you just had this Rambam. But if you skip a couple of Prakim later, the Rambam Parak Yud um, doesn't give a different presentation, but adds on halachos about Kavan. Um, source number six. The Rambam writes as follows. Again, this is six Prakim later in the Rambam. Five Prakim later. Mishes Palel below Kivin is Libo. So if you're davening, you don't have kavana, you have to daven again. Right? That's what, that's what we already saw. But then the Ramam says, If you have kavana in the first bracha, you don't need to have kavana for the rest of it. Um, and it sounds like you're fine. So according to this Ramam and Paragud, where do you actually have to have, where is kavana ma'akiv? Just the first bracha. If you read the Rambam and Parak Dawid, the source number five, if you daven without kavana in a tefillah, what does it sound like over there? It sounds like the kavana has to the kavana has to be straight through. But what is the language of the Rambam in uh, in source number six in the Rambam and Parak Yod? What what is the content of kavana? It just says kiven is libo. What does kiven is libo mean? What is the only kiven is libo we know in the Rambam? What he says in source number five, kavana salev ketzad, it sounds like it's referring back to the earlier source. But then we have a little bit of a tension, because in the earlier source, it sounds like Rabbi said, this kavana salev, about thinking of yourself as being in front of God, that's ma'akiv tefillah, it's not, it's, what you're doing is not called davening, you don't have that kavana. 
But on the other hand, later on, the Rambam uses the exact same words, keep in his libo, and it sounds like it's only ma'ake for the first bracha. And for the rest of it, you could just daydream, and you'll still be yotzi tfila. You don't have to be and you don't have to be and daven again. So this is the uh, the contradiction in the Rambam that the older Achronim point to. And this is, um, I'm, 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 I don't know if everybody's familiar with it, familiar with it, familiar with it, or some people are familiar with it, but this is one of the uh, one of the better known better known better known pieces in the Kedusha of Chaim Alevi on the Rambam um, in uh, in Hilchos and uh, basically in Hilchos Arachaim. Rav Chaim Brisker points out this contradiction, and his argument is as follows: the we have to prioritize. We have to have four, in the forefront of our minds have the stira that in the Rambam and Hilchos Dalid in source number five Kavanism Akiv all the way through. Perak Yod, Kavanah is only Ma'akev for the first bracha. So even though the Rambam uses the same exact words, Kivin Libo, what must be the case? Two types of Kavanah. And where do we have, who do we know previously? Rav Khan doesn't quote, doesn't quote, doesn't quote Rabbi Yonah, but he knew all the Rishonim. Who do we see previously that this described different types of Kavanah? Rabbi Yonah. And Rabbi Yonah explained that there are two other types of Kavanah. There's Kavanah for Perash Amilem, and kavanah for that you're that you're that you're a disembodied soul floating up floating up floating up floating up there somewhere in the heavens. There's no indication in the Rambam that you have to have anything in mind about a disembodied soul. But having kavanah for pirush amilim is something that's sort of intuitive. If you're davening, you should know exactly what you're saying. That's where Rav Chaim, that's where Rav Chaim said that the two Rambams referring to two different types of kavanah. In the in the Rambam in source number five, Parak Dalid. The Rambam says it the tefillah without kavanah is in a tefillah, and you have to have this kavanah throughout the entirety of davening. What is that referring to? You have to realize you are standing in the presence of Hashem, for the entirety of davening. If you lose that kavanah, you are not considered davening for those moments. It's like you're not aware of the very mesa that you're doing. He calls them misasik. Like you're just you know, throwing around a matzah, it happened to go into your mouth while you're asleep. You're not yotze the mitzvah matzah. You can't be yotze a mitzvah when you're masasik if you don't know the basics of what you're doing. The second level of kavanah in Parag Yod, Lokiban is libo in terms of the first bracha, that is not referring to the kavanah of consciousness, of presence, like Avi said, that God is there next to you, but it's talking about kavanah of perush hamilam. You want to understand the words? The words you only have to, you only have to understand for the first bracha. Doesn't exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's a total yes, yes. I won't say it's a total reread. He's working off of a contradiction. The contradiction is is this is the scope of how much kavana you have to have for the entire thing or just for the first bracha. But the, what is it? What is the content of the kavana in both places? The same exact words, kivin libo. And the Rambam is always referring. No, when Rambam defines something, he always uses the same words, assuming you know his definition from earlier in the book. That's what he writes somewhere. You should always pay attention to when I give definitions because I always refer back to, to key terms. Kivin Libo, the Rama only mentioned one type of kavana, which is Shvisi Hashem Unavitambe, which is understanding that you're in dialogue with God. It, it doesn't seem like such a contradiction. I mean, Why? The first, first Rambam says, what is kavana? This is kavana. If you didn't have a kavana, you're not yeah. Later on, he says, okay, here's, here's where it's meant. Here's where it's meant. 100%. Yeah, so yes. So who's, who says this? Rav Avram ben Rambam and the Chazanesh. People that that read the Rambam like a book. You read the Rambam like a book, you can't expect the author to give you all the necessary information in one stage. Things have to be developed over time. The Rambam gives you a definition over here, a halakha over here, in a general sense. 
Sometimes he gives you the details of some later chapter in the book. Often he refers back, so it's very helpful when he refers back, because then you know he's talking about exactly the same thing. But that's the way, exactly the way the Chazan Ish, which, which, which is the next source, understood the Rambams, said you shouldn't think of them as a contradiction. The, the words Kivin Libo appear in both places. He's talking about the same content of Kavana. Rambam only defines one content that has to be going through your mind when you're davening, which is Shavisi Hashem Lenadi Tamid Kilo Medaber Meshkina. Kilo Ashkina Omei Lenadi Why in Perak Dal does it sound like it's Ma'akev in entirety of Tfila? But in Perak Yud, it sounds like it's only Ma'akev for the first bracha. But the Rambam had to write the book in a structured fashion. So first he tells you what the content of the Kabbana is. It's more than that. Perak Dal is the Lechatchila. Perak Yud is the If you make mistakes. Perak Yud is all about mistakes mistakes and davening. If you if you don't if you say the wrong thing if you if you skip something so as part one of the mistakes you might make is only have kavana for the first bracha. The Rambam is telling you your yod say if you only have kavana if you only have kavana for the first bracha. Yeah, do. If, if you look at the at Peric, the subject of Perik Dalad versus the subject of Perik Yud, the subject of Perik Dalad is you know the conditions the required conditions for tefillah. Right. Have to have nikkius. You have to be prepared. You have to. Right. In other words. Where do you where do you have to be standing and how do you have to be prepared for tefillah? And in that context, that kind of makes a lot of sense. In other words, what does your state of mind have to be for tefillah versus Perak Yud, which by and large talks about mistakes, mistakes. in tefillah if you forgot if the Chazan makes a mistake in the middle, he has to the Perak Yud is talking about the words basically. Oh, you're saying you're talking about the words, not just about right, mistakes, yes. but the words. So, so in that context, when you talk about you didn't have kavana. Right. The subject is if you made a mistake in davening, uh, you made a mistake. Right. 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 So Noam was saying that, that, that the context of Herod is mistakes. So it's talking about the same Kavana, just a mistake in Kavana. I didn't have Kavana for the entire thing. But really, it's the same Kavana as Perak Dalet. What Dov is saying is that, yeah, Perak is talking about mistakes, but it's talking about mistakes in the words of Davening. So therefore, the Kavana, Ram was talking about in Perak is also Kavana about the words of Davening. And that, maybe that's the source for Rechaim, it's the Perak Shemilam. Rechaim doesn't, he doesn't go there. He doesn't explain to you what the indication in Perak Yod is. He's talking about a different type of Kavana, other than the fact that the scope and the parameters are different. That's his, that, 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 that's his portal into this. But I think, I hear, I hear what Dov is saying, that the mistakes around him was talking about in Perak Yod, by and large, are mistakes in the words of Davani. So yeah. it seems like, I mean, I, I don't know, are you gonna do, I don't know if you're gonna go more into the Chazanish, but it seems like his understanding is to set the tone more. It's just that, oh, so the first, yeah, so the first, so good, so let's go there. It's just to bring in our, our Thursday over a little, oh, yes. well, Karbanski has the same concept, right? That, that you set the tone at the beginning, and then yeah. it carries about, even if you lose thought. Or... So the Chazanish doesn't, doesn't actually go there. Let's, let's, assume, let's assume Rav Chaim is right. Or let's assume the Chazanish is right. It doesn't matter. But for one part of Kabbana and Tzvila, it's clear, according to the Rambam, which is a simple read in the Gemara, that you only need it for the first Brachosh Monasrei. According to Rav Chaim's understanding of the Rambam, you only need Kabbana for Pirash Amidim, the first Brachosh Monasrei. According to the other read to the Rambam, this kavana that you're only lifting is only necessary for the first bracha. But why? The Rambam said it's ina tefila if you daven without kavana, and yet we're still saying that you only need it for the first bracha. So how are we supposed to drive those two things? So again, the is saying that the means don't start. So since 
one that is without Kavana, it's not a Tzedah. Therefore, if you travel, you're supposed to be bathed after you travel. You can't start because you know you're not going to have Kavana Bechlav, not even the first bracha. But if you think that you'll do a good job, you think you can do it, so you start to that, and you have Kavana first bracha, then oops, you might wander. Then you're okay. It's Yavet. Then you can do the rest of Shemana, so it's not a Tzedah. But it's not Ma'akir. Yes, yeah, so good. The question then the question is why is the first bracha unique? What about the first bracha makes sorry, it that you're not makir? So there, there are two ways to go. If you look at look on the on the sheet, let's skip her a little bit, then we'll, then, we'll, then we'll go back to Chazanesh about his definition of, of Kavana, and then, then we'll conclude with that. Um look at look at source number eleven for a second, Rabina Manoach. Rabina Manoach on this Rambam, I didn't give you where it is, it's a paragyad, where he's explaining why the first bracha is needs kavana. Rabina Manoach says as follows. The Kivan Shekivin libo ba'avos shehi bracha rishona sheish ba'zecher alukuso yisparach shu mam sikol ha'olam sheshkakaso betovim l'shalim lahem gemula ba'filun is the balbala daito akarkach v'lo kivin liban me achar shekivin libo bracha rishona shehi ikar kol ha'tvila dayo. According to Rabbi Noah, what is unique about the special about the first bracha? It ha- what does it talk about? God. God creates the world. God's relationship with the Avos. God's relationship with you. What is, well, how does he define that bracha? It's not that it sets a tone, like Josh said. We're going to see that in a second. But if you have to, you have to, if you, if you have to give, if you have, you have to explain to somebody, what is the tansit of davening? Yes, there's shavak, bakasha, oda. But what is the main thing that you're doing? According to Rabbi Manoah, what is the main part of davening? Clearly, Shavach, discussing God. It's not about discussing your needs. Your needs may be another way of giving Shavach to Hashem. Look, God, I can't do any of this without you. I'm recognizing my dependency. That's part of, part of maybe, maybe it's part of Shavach. But it's clear that Rabbi Noach is saying that Shavach is the main part of davening. And therefore, the first bracha has unique status, because that is the main Shavach you're going to be giving, to, you're going to be describing Hashem as um, in, in your, in your, in your, in your tefillah. So it's not about setting the tone. It's about, if you have to slice and slice tefillah, what is the main theme of tefillah? This is very much anti-Rasulvesha, because Salvation thought Bakasha was the main theme of Tfila. But Rabbi Nimanok is pretty clear that Shabbat, talking about God, is the main theme in Tfila. Salvation himself, maybe because he, in, in many of his writings, argues that Bakasha is the main part of Tfila. Look at source number 12, Rishimos Shirim. Every time I quote Rishimos, I get to call my father in law and tell him I quoted Rishimos. So it, it, I try to, it's bonus points for me. Um, what does he say? Um, look at the third line. The Ratz of Omar, in the middle of the line, Shakavana Shakivin Bibraka Rishona Shashmona Esrei, Mitzterefes Vichala Lachol Hatzvila. What is unique about the first Bracha Shmona Esrei? Not the content of the Bracha, it just happens to be the first. And because it's the first, like, like, like Josh said, sometimes if you start a process in Alaka, you say the Lushma, you put the Kavana at the beginning, it carries its way all the way through, even if you start daydreaming in the middle, even if you don't have that actively in the front, the front of your consciousness, all, all the front of your consciousness all the way through. So according to Rabbi Noah, what's unique about the first bracha is the content of the first bracha, that Shavak is the main part of Tfilah. And that's why you only have to have Kavana. Whatever the type of Kavana we're talking about, that's why the first bracha is unique. But according to Rabbi Salvechek, Rabbi Yosef actually has a long chuva, we argue the same exact thing, that there's nothing unique about Shavak. Really, you need Bakasha also. But the first thing you do as part of a process sets the tone for the rest of the process and carries, carries its way through. So Vishak says, what's enough Kamina between me and, and, and this other approach? He doesn't quote Rabbi Manoach, he's aware the other approach is us. So let's say somebody gets drunk <laughs> in the middle of Shmon Esri. Let's say. Okay, that's what kicks 
What? Okay, maybe that. Oh, let's say he, he says, let's say somebody's Mishtaker, Ben Satsvila. He actually, this is part of Igros Agrid. So he wrote this as a letter to his father when he was in Berlin, when he was in college. So you probably saw a lot of people getting drunk. So he's like, I know, I don't know what Berlin was like in the 1920s, but uh, University of Berlin. But um, yeah, he went to some frat party and he saw people getting drunk. He's like, ah, what about the Rambam? Um, what if, let's say, somebody has kavanah in the first part of tefillah, and then they do something that actively gets them out of a kavanah state in the middle of tefillah. So Salvation argues, if you read the piece yourself, says if you follow the Rabbi Noach model, the first bracha is super important. It's unique. That's the ikar tefillah. That's all you need. So it doesn't really matter what happens to the rest of the rest of Tvila. But if you follow, he says, my model, that it's about setting the tone of the rest of the davening, so you could argue if you daydream the rest of the davening, that's neutral. So your original kavanah carries way through. But if you do something in the middle of Tvila that actively gets you out of a state of kavanah, like you get drunk in the middle of davening, so then you won't be able to shimon esrei, even though you had good kavanah for the first part of Tvila. Yeah. It could probably, you could use a uh, maybe cleaner example, like okay. your phone or like oh, yeah. So uh, he good 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 good. He uses he so he uses maybe we'll have it before before a Purim we'll have, we'll do a shir about it about about shikor b'tzvilah. He uses uses drinking because mm-hmm. drinking the Gemara refers to and the Rishonim follow through as a toeva, something which is active which is uh, not just not just distracting but it actively puts you in a state where you can't dump it. Yeah, interestingly, again this this Rishimos is very different than. Is like more philosophical, right? Not all that where he talks about shomei tefillah is really the key. It's really the key, yes. It's interesting that he would say here that you know again in line with the Rambam that the first bracha is the, the ikar, but but like philosophically, really the crux is at the end of shomei tefillah. One hundred percent. I think I think I think it's 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 sort of Rav Salvechik is trying is trying to create the full package because he thinks bakashos are the most important part most important part of tefillah, and the Rambam was clear the first bracha has a special status. So yeah, so you have to there's a little bit of tension there. What is the first bracha's special status if Akasha is in any part? It must be that the content in the first bracha doesn't have special status. It just so happens it's the first. So that kavana carries carries its way through. It seems like it's almost the concept of making brachas in general by mitzvahs. That what? Well, it puts us in the mindset. And which right. I see in the Haredi Mukham Zuma. Right. You know, that you have that, you know, you actually think in the whole time you're sitting in a sukkah that you're, you know, but right. okay, you're going to get brachas. Put yourself in mindset that carries you. It carries you through it. Right. Ritva says, that's a mitzvah has to be over the siyasa, and as well as other mitzvahs, because it puts its purpose is to help you have kavana when you go ahead and do the mitzvah. So he says there's no purpose to do it making the bracha afterwards. As opposed to the Zeruah that says you can make the bracha afterwards. It's about giving shavak to Hashem about the mitzvah. Yeah. So it could be before or afterwards. Either, either way you go. Um, fantastic. Let's just, let's just finish off with, um, with a little bit about daydreaming. So if you follow Rav Chaim Salvechik all the way through, um, so the kavana of being omi the is something that is ma'akev for the entirety of davening. Perish amilim you can just have for the first bracha. Being omi the is something which you have to have the entire for the entirety of davening. According to Rav Chaim how many people in the world are actually yotzei tefila? This is one of the major questions the Achoram have on him. Next week in Rosh Hashem, look up Tshuva of Sturmbach. We point this out. According to Rav Chaim, it's very hard to be yotzei davening. The Chazanish points out it's very hard to be yotzei davening. Um, Rav Shlomo Zavarbok says, nobody will be Yotzi Davening according to Rav Chaim Slavichik. They point out it's not just us. The Amorayim themselves, they dream during Davening. You look at source number nine, um, the, the, the passage in the Talmud Yerushalmi, which, 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 which gets quoted in Tosfos. Um, look at the, the second line of the Gemara, the second line of, of source number nine, in the middle of the line, Amor of Ruba. Good, we have five minutes left. Amor of Ruba, Ana minyomi lo kabinis. 
I never had kavana my entire life. One time I tried to have kavana. Viharis believe and I started thinking in my heart, Vaharis, man alil kumi malka kadmi. Arkivasa or rishkalusa. If you have a king, some type of lord, and a rishkalusa coming into a room, who comes after the king? This, this, this random lord, the archivasa or the rishkalusa? What is he saying? He tried to, once, once in his life, he tried to have kavana. And what did he start daydreaming about? Royal family protocol. You know, the royal family is walking into a room. Who walks first? Who walks second? Next line of the Gemara. Shmuel Amar. Shmuel said, what do I do when I'm davening? I count the Afrochim. I count the, the poles, the pillars in the shul. Amrav Matanya. And a machazik tuva the reshe. Matanya says, I say thank you to my head. The kind of a mati modem hu kara migarme. Because when I reach modem, it bows down by itself. So clearly, I'm having a little bit of fun over here. Um, a, little, a little bit ironic. But what are they saying? That they daydream during, during, during they daydream they, 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 they during dominant. There's a whole line of mafarshim. Look at the sefer that I brought over here that say, obviously, the Ramarayim couldn't daydream. Obviously, this is on their level. If everything they're saying maybe has capitalistic significance. But what is a simple and simple read of Talmud Yerushalmi? Usually, the way Tosa is close to Yerushalmi in a couple of places in in a, in, in, in Talmud Bavli, that the Amoraim daydreamed. The corner of Chaim Salvechik, the Amoraim were never yot say tefila. It's it's hard. It's uh, it's 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 a little bit hard to imagine. Which is why there, there are two other approaches. Just very quickly, I want to I want to chart chart out over here. I'll talk about a third and the third one we'll de- we'll develop more next. <coughs> time. One one approach is the Kazanish. You go back to the Kazanish, um, at the bottom of page. Bottom on page three, the Chazanish writes as follows. It says, B'chol Adam omehomi the third to last line. It says, you don't need to have active kavana that you're omi the Pnei the entire time, or even for the first breath. It says, B'chol Adam omi despalo, lo shayk bo mesasik, you definitely know what you're doing if you stand up and you're not happening. To the olam yishbo yediyah keha, shutfila the Pnei Lefana Vizparach. Yidiyah keha, it's a nice phrase. You have some weak knowledge. What we would call in the back of your mind, you know what you're doing. But you're not, it's not conscious. You're not, you're not focusing on it. It's according to the Chazanish, if you stand up at the Avish Manasre and you'd start daydreaming, but it sounds like if somebody would ask you, what are you doing? You would say, I'm Davish Manasre. Hopefully not in the middle of Manasre, but if somebody asked me afterwards, what, what do you just do? You would be able to respond, I'm Davish Manasre. There's enough shivisi Hashem l'nedi tamid to be yotzei tefila. So the Chazan, Rosham Zalman Arba quotes the Chazan Ish. As the other other posts can quote the Chazan Ish. He lowers the bar of what what is considered shivisi Hashem shivisi Hashem l'nedi tamid, which is a great which is a great way of doing it. It could be this is a way that many of us are nohig are nohig l'masa. Suppose Rav Chaim's very aspirational type of kavana, which hopefully we get from time to time, but something which is very I think is very hard for many people to do. It's the same as like the Mutara, like. Go to a share. If you can't repeat it verbatim, what went on in the share? Did you not go to the share? I'm testing you after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I definitely daydream during during shirim. Sometimes I daydream in the middle of shirim that I'm I'm giving. <laughs> Not necessarily a good idea. But um, I broke him. How many pillars are there? When I said the pillars, I was actually wondering how many pillars are there in the shirim. There's only one. Um, structurally, I hope the building is stable. It's like that, that school across the street that's like half off the cliff. <laughs> every, time, every time I walk by, like I'm, I, get, I get a little bit nervous. Um, good. So that so that is the, the approach the approach of the Chazanish. Just in one minute, Rav Chaim Volazhin, of all people, actually comes in and saves many of our tefillos. 
If you look at the last source, source number 15, Kesser Rosh is a compilation of sayings from Rav Chaim of Elijah. And he writes as follows. Tefillah below kavana, keguf below nefesh. If you die without kavana, it's like a body without a soul. Sounds pretty bad. I'm a Rabbeinu, but Rabbeinu, Rav Chaim of Elijah says, Shem einen nekshavas kekarban, sheishla nefesh, bechonzul nekshavas lemincha, sheishla nefesh. What do our clients of do with this? It's almost like a sense of humor, but it's such a powerful statement. If you want to have a soul in your tefillah, in your carbon, tefillah can negate, tefillah can negate, can negate, can negate tmidin, so you have to put in your kavana. That's like a carbon tamid. That is a good carbon, an animal. But we also have carbonos that don't have nefesh. We have a carbon minifa. So your, your tefillah is worth something, even if you don't have any kavana whatsoever. Um, so he's not saying you're built in the midst of tefillah. Maybe you're not Yosei. Maybe you have to be Chose or Mispalo again a second time around. But your tefillah wasn't worthless if you davened without kavana. It has the status of a carbon mincha. Even the briskers, in the end of the day, are need to rely on Rav Chaim a little bit. Because you look in the footnotes to the, to the newer version of Kesar Rosh, they bring down a story about the brisker Rav, the Rabbi Rav Chaim son. Somebody asked the brisker Rav, according to your father, according to you, are you ever Yotzei Tzvila B'Tzibur? Because maybe you could concentrate for long periods of time. Maybe there are three other people in the world that can concentrate for that amount of time. But unless you're davening with a bunch of people from the Salvation family, like how many people are actually concentrating all the way through that there's Shaviz Yashem and the Tamid with that level of concentration did Yotzei Tzvila? So yeah, you are davening, you're Yotzei Tzvila, but the nine other people around you are not davening. There's, there's, it's not considered a Chalos Tzvila, Eina Tzvila without Kavana, and therefore you're never actually Yotzei Tzvila B'Tzibur. What did the Briskarev say? Maybe you're right. Maybe they're not, maybe with these people, I don't know, I don't know what people are thinking, maybe they're not Yotzei Tzvila, maybe they would have to repeat Shemon Esrei. We'll see next week, so we don't repeat Shemon Esrei nowadays, but maybe according to the Ramam, they'd have to repeat Shemon Esrei. But look at Rechaim Velazhen. Their Tzvila still counts as a, as a Tzvila. It registers. It's like a Karpa Mincha. In Shemayim, it means something. And therefore, as long as I am davening with Kavana, if the nine people around me are davening without Kavana, because their Tzvila registers as something, we can, and it, the, it still counts as Tzvila B'tzibor for that one person who is now who is davening with Kavana. So even the briskers, even if, in the, I don't know what Chaim would say, even if Chaim Salvechik, even, even the Chaim Salvechik son, the briskerov, still say there is power to the words themselves of Tzvila. Tzvila is not just a mit of Oda Shebelev in terms of the Kavana being very important. There's a power to the words themselves. The words themselves, just reciting the words Anshan gave us, is considered like a Karpa Mincha, and that is considered a tefillah, at least for the fact that it's considered a tefillah of a seabor, the one person, one person davening with kavana. And this really opens up a whole sugya that, yeah, according to the Rambam, it sounds like tefillah without kavana is not considered, not considered a tefillah at all. But maybe there's, maybe, we have their other models. Maybe tefillah is more of a mitzvah shebedibor, like other mitzvah shebedibor. You just have to recite the text. Recite the text because all gave us, you're going to be able to the mitzvah, it's going to register, it's going to count as something. And Achronim really quote and use this passage from Rechaim from Velazhen to develop this idea that maybe tefillah could be considered a regular mitzvah shevedibor in the sense that even if you don't have an amazing kavana, it's still worthwhile to go ahead and daven, and you could still be yotzi some level of tefillah even without kavana whatsoever. And God willing, next week we're going to explore that a little bit more and what impact that might have on the level of kavana which, which, which we should be having. Yeah, I'm sorry to delay, I know uh, time's up, but... Uh... Distracted, I'm in the army, I can't focus, you know, and you need to have tefillah with kavana. 
uh, what should I do? And Rami Tan said, sometimes you have to dive without Kavana. So, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, along the same line, but some, sometimes you just don't have it, and that's the best that you can do. The best you can do, and we'll see. The best you could do is uh, is what might actually be ma'akiv according to some achronim. God willing, we'll see that. We'll see that next week. A more subjective level of what's necessary for kavanah. Thank you so much, and we'll continue this next week.